Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in the Twin Cities, it's time for Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio. Now, here's your host. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, I've been looking forward to this one. Kevin Snow is with us. He is the founder of Time on Target and also the founder of the Success Champion or, or Success Champion Networking. I'll get that right, Kevin. Welcome. Glad to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, John. I'm, I'm really excited to be on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Let's uh, talk a little bit about you and uh, introduce yourself. How are you serving folks out there? Uh, so I am a unwitting entrepreneur. Uh, I, and I say that because I, when I started time on target, I didn't start with the idea that, wow, I have this really cool product. I need to start a company and I'm going to do this and, and everything. It was really out of necessity because at the time I was, uh, working with a networking organization and other areas were hiring me to come in and, and teach and train their teams, how to launch chapters. So I needed a company that they could send payments to. So it's literally why I launched Time on Target originally was, you know, basically kind of to launder money uh, to, you know, hey, here's here's my, let's, you know, it sounds so uh, horrible, but it's, you know, it was literally just to take payments. Uh, so it wasn't coming to me personally and I could put it through a company name uh-huh. uh, and it was great. But then I deployed and I came back from the deployment and I had nothing on my calendar for speaking gigs, either with any of the other regions or I had started doing stuff with different business organizations and conferences. I had nothing going and I was like, crap, now what do I do? So I made this huge pivot in my business where I went from being the speaker and having me be the real product to where I started doing consulting. And the product was coming in and helping tech companies that were in that second stage of growth launch their sales team, or in some cases, because they'd gone out and hired a bunch of people, fix their sales team. Mm. So we went through the whole process of, you know, how do you hire salespeople? How do you pay salespeople? How do you train them? Mapping out the sales process, you know, how do you, how do you, manage salespeople? How do you, you know, as a tech guy, how do you manage a bunch of diva type A personalities? And what does that look like? And it was awesome. But I really found there were parts of that that I really loved and parts of it that I really hated. Mm. And so I really, over the years, niched down to where I am today, where I'm really focused just on working with companies on how they sell Mm-hmm. And helping them figure out how their buyers make purchasing decisions and making sure that their sales process syncs with that and it matches and they're running at the same same uh, pace and then helping them integrate technology into that process. So it's effective and seamless and mm-hmm. you know the client doesn't tell that they're having automation going on. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one half of my world. And the other half of my world is uh, launching uh, networking chapters across the across North America for success champions networking. I wish you had something to talk about, Kevin. Uh, maybe, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a really short episode. Yeah. I, I can tell. Yeah. I mean, you've you. Wow. A lot there. So but let's talk about uh, time on target first and how okay. you how you're how you work with folks there. One thing I want to get out of the way and you're, you're a, a prime person to talk about this because you describe yourself as an introvert. Let's talk about why you don't have to be an extrovert to be a great salesperson. 
Yeah, this is like one of my favorite topics because everyone makes these assumptions that you have to be an extrovert. You have to be this outgoing, gregarious personality to sell stuff. Well, there's this misnomer about introverts that we're antisocial. We don't like people. You know, we can't carry on a conversation. You know, we live in our basements, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory, everyone's like, oh, you're, that's what an introvert is. Well, that's not an introvert. Introverts are, can be totally social. They can do everything just like extroverts do. We just get our energy different. You know, extroverts get their energy from the chaos of that type of situation. We can survive in those, but then we need to recharge. Mm. So we need our time alone and, you know, in a quiet area, watching TV, hanging out with a few close friends. That's what recharges us. So introverts have some really cool skills, though. And one of them is that we're we're really good listeners normally. And we like to analyze things, at least for me. I'm in the disc profile. I'm a high C. I literally can't get any further into that corner of the of the profile. So for me, it became really easy to sell once I understood what my sales superpower was. And that was the ability to listen and then analyze and come up with, well, here's the actual issue. And then being able to work with the clients on, Hey, here's how we solve it. Mm. Here's how we get you to X so that this isn't an issue anymore. Instead of selling features and pricing and benefits and all that stuff, it's like, hey, we're going to sell results. Here's how we get to where you want to be and what your vision for your company is. Here's how we're going to help you do that. And helping them be able to have that picture of, hey, here's what it looks like when that happens. And that is huge for us as introverts to be able to do that. You know, because we like, we want details. So we're going to ask questions. We're going to ask, get all that stuff out of them. Whereas your high D sales personalities, they want to go in for the kill. They want to close and they want to get to that fun part of the sales call as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And, and we'd rather get all the info and we want to have those conversations. So it's learning how to use that type of, of sales skill. And then learning how to close within that framework. So with my clients, I always tell them up front, I'm not going to chase. You know, this is either a yes or a no. Right. You know, and I, I may make a couple follow-up calls, but hey, if you know, if you can't make a decision, then we're not a good fit. So I make it really easy for them to say no to me. So that there's not that, you know, because it's 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 as painful for a client sometimes to have to tell the client no or to sell, tell the salesperson no. It is it's for the salesperson scared to get that no. So it's really important for me as a salesperson when I'm with a client, they'll know it's okay if you tell me no, I'm not going to hate you. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you tell me no and that we're then we're done and then we can both spend time with other stuff instead of us, you know, pinging each other every t- two days because I haven't heard from you. So I give them permission to do that. And then it makes the closing a lot easier for me. Wow. Lots of wisdom there. And, and I, I think introverts actually have an advantage, if you will, over the extrovert that wants to get to the sale. I mean, if you are an an introvert that values the questions that you ask the client values, getting diving into what their needs, hopes, dreams, issues are, you're going to have a much better rapport and, and a much better fit at the end of the day with that potential client. Right. 
Yeah, I think so. When I was doing corporate sales, I always gravitated to products that were uh, upper tier for quality, but also cost more because it was easier for me to sell with, with my selling style of asking all the questions and doing the deep dive mm-hmm. than trying to compete with someone who's selling on price where you have to use all those horrible sales tactics <laughs> of you know the, the Ben Franklin clothes and the takeaway clothes. If you buy today, we'll throw in this thing. I hated all those. I, I felt just gross doing them. But going into that high-end solution selling, it's easier for us as an introvert to do that because we can analyze and we can ask all those questions and and have really authentic conversations where we can actually come in and help the client. And it's those relationships that make selling easier. And I, I think they make it way more fun. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Kevin Snow is with us, folks. He is, we're currently talking about his work at Time on Target, where he's the founder of that company. And Kevin, I want to get to uh, you've got some thoughts about stop trying to close the sale, get closure instead. Yeah, it's, you know, it's that same idea where I ask, I let people know it's okay to tell me, no, I'm not trying to get to a yes at my, when I'm selling and doing that first meeting. And if I'm uh, for some reason, have a, have a second meeting, I'm not trying to get to the, you know, signing on the contract. I'm trying to get a closure to that conversation. And that's all sales is. It's a series of conversations with an outcome. And that closure is always, if you think about how, when you interact with one of your friends, when you get done with that conversation, it's always, hey, I'll call you next week, or we'll, I'll meet you tomorrow night at the bar, or there's always that closure piece to that conversation. And the same is true as sales. I've worked with hundreds of salespeople in different companies who at the end of a conversation didn't have next steps. They didn't know what happened next. It was all up in the air. Mm. And then that's what, when we talk about get the closure, that's what we're talking about. You know, that meeting, you need to have closure for that conversation. Hey, here's where we're going and everyone knows what's happening next. Whether if that's, hey, I'm going to send you pricing and then we're going to talk on Tuesday or the client knows, hey, you're going to send me these things. There has to be those next steps and everyone needs to know where the relationship's going next. You know, it's when you leave everything up in the air and no one knows what's happening next, that's what elongates your sales process. And that's what keeps people, those people in your pipeline longer than they needed to be because there's no action steps moving forward. Good words. I love it. Uh, So let's talk about, let's get to automation because I think folks that, uh, particularly in the services area, think they immediately hear that word. And they think, oh, I'm not, I can't be personal. And you, you address that right at the top about this is it, it, automation enables you to deliver more personal attention. Yeah, I use automation with my clients and within my companies really to make sure that the salespeople and the owners are spending their times in front of clients, you know, that they're not spent doing all that, uh, redundant activity, you know, sending the thank you email for the, for that first meeting. That was always my Fridays when I was doing corporate sales Mm -hmm. on Friday morning, it would be looking at my calendar and sending out the, Hey, it was great meeting you this week. I really enjoyed learning about blah, blah, blah. And it was all a templated email. 
but I wouldn't be paying attention. So I'd cut and paste and forget to change the person's name or the company name. So instead of saying, hey, John, I'd be saying, hey, Barbara, it was great to meet you. Uh, And it was just horrible. And automation is all about helping offload those types of tasks, the the cut and paste emails, the redundant order or the redundant data entry into different systems and freeing up time. So the client, the prospect or the salesperson can be interacting with that prospect more and they can be talking to them and having conversations and getting those quality uh, sales activities going, you know, so for what the, when I work with clients, it's all about understanding how the buyer buys so that you can match the automation to give them what they're needing when they want it. So it feels natural. The thing that people hate about automation, especially email automation, is it's always so salesy and market heavy. Mm. You you can tell a marketer wrote it and someone who is designing it to do specific things. If you understand how your client makes purchasing decisions and what their process is and what, especially what questions they're asking themselves as they go through that, you can craft your emails to go out at key times in that sales process and really push out the answer to the questions. So it's like, wow, Kevin just sent me an email. He literally answered what I was thinking about. And it's being able to do things like that that make it feel natural Mm. and make it easy for the the client to absorb that, that, that information and make use of it. What normally happens is they send out stuff that's trying to get to close and they're trying to get them to say yes. And they're pushing and they're trying to move them further in the sales process that the, where the client isn't ready to go yet because they haven't answered the questions. So it's really key when we're designing automations for companies that we understand how they sell and how their clients buy. So we can create the automation that's custom for them and matches their, their processes. I think you may have just answered this question, Kevin, but what, is the biggest mistake that you see with a sales team organization trying to automate their work? Is it pushing too hard and getting, uh, trying to uh, get prospects ahead where they are uh, mentally? So I, I, I think the biggest mistake, you know, there's probably two. One of them is a lot of small businesses because they're not, they don't understand how they're clients buy and how they don't actually understand how they sell. They go out and they, they want to do automation. They understand how it helps and they're really excited. So they go buy some, uh, some uh, swipe file off the internet from some guru that's like, Hey, use our system and we'll increase your sales by 500% in the first month. Uh, and, and the thing is all that is all that copy is spam. Mm-hmm. It's literally marketing written stuff and the internet providers all recognize it because there's like a thousand people sending the exact same email. Right. So they recognize it as spam and they market as spam. So it's actually hurting your company sending that stuff. Plus all those emails that that process doesn't match how your company sells. 
So now you're trying to wrap your sales process and make your clients buy in a way that someone else is saying that how they should without ever having met with your business, not having talked to any of your clients. When we're designing a process for a company, we meet with their clients and we sit down and talk to them and they share information about how what they thought of the sales process and how they made decisions. We even talk to people who said no or people that left the company and get their feedback. So we understand where those roadblocks are. The internet gurus didn't. They wrote something that happened to work for them, and then they sold it, and they got really good at selling that thing. Hmm. So the biggest mistake that people make is not understanding how they how people buy and writing things that work within that process. Kevin, what is the symptom of that I need to look or symptoms that I need to look for in my organization, in my sales process to know that I need to come find you and bring, bring Dr. Snow in to uh, help me. Is it, is it that I'm not spending enough time in front of uh, prospects? So there's a few different ones and it really depends on the maturity of the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, for most of my small business owners, they're just at a, at a place of overwhelm Mm -hmm. and they're trying to do stuff and they don't know how they're doing. And they're spending a ton ton of time on the internet, Googling things and trying to learn how to set up a sales team, uh, where we can really come in and help them with those types of activities. So, you know, if you have, uh, for some of my clients who are a little more advanced where they already have CRM set up and they're already tracking some stuff, they're usually, their triggers are going to be, Hey, you know, we're, you know, our sales cycle is longer than the industry average. Uh, we have, you know, we see some key drop-off points at, at different points in our sales cycle and we don't know why. So people, they have a higher percentage of people saying no at one point than other points in the cycle uh, or they're just no consistency in their pipeline. Got it. Um, good words here from Kevin snow folks, founder of time on target. Uh, so Kevin t- describe, you mentioned small businesses, uh, uh, medium, larger size businesses. I mean, what talk about the clients that are good fits for you here. So I really have, two types of clients I work with a lot right now. Uh, one of them are tech companies, uh, cybersecurity, managed service providers, software as a service companies that are trying to scale. And they're usually at that second stage growth. They've already uh, had one growth spurt. They've gotten their monthly recurring revenue up. Uh, they're expanding. They, they're starting to hire on more techs. And the CEO is now at the point he's like, okay, I can't maintain everything. You know, I need, I need to start bringing on some salespeople to, so I can scale the revenue. Uh, So that's a really good time for us to come in and actually talk about, Hey, what is your sales process? How do you, how do you sell? How do your clients make purchasing decisions? Cause we can craft that process and then integrate the automation into it. That'll give that business owner some more glide time before he has to add on salespeople. So he's able to still do the sales, manage the business and scale without adding on, you know, more overhead 
which is always a good thing. Uh, and plus, then once he does bring on salespeople, he has that process that's proven that he can now train his team to use. So tech firms are fun because that's where I did all my sales and I, I translate geek really well. So I love working with them. Plus, I get to see all the cool new technology that's out there and play play with that a little bit. So that's fun. But then my other big group I work with are the coaches and consultants. Mm. Okay. Who are, you know, usually really good at one aspect of business and they're now getting out in front of people and they're just trying to, and they're a one man shop, but they don't necessarily want to have, you know, this huge consulting firm with 50 consultants where, you know, with all that type of fun, they just want to be able to scale and work with more clients and still have it be them as the product. So we can show them how to use automation to manage their pipeline. We'll teach them how to use automation to manage their coaching clients and keep their, their, you know, what that life cycle looks like and put automation in place there. We can even help them show them how they can start doing some group coaching where they can bring on more clients at once and use automation to help fill those. So, you know, they're fun to work with because they're just really passionate about what they do and they're wanting to make change and help people do things. So I get a ton of energy from them just because, you know, in interacting with them, they're always so pumped about what they're doing and the impact they're having. And it's, it's just really cool. So this, I think it'd be great, Kevin, particularly given the experience you have and, and, uh, the, the work you've been doing, if you could maybe share a success story or two, uh, a client you've really brought significant transfer transformation to through your work. Sure. So, uh, one of, I, there's a couple actually that I can think of, uh, off the top of my head. One of them is actually a, uh, she, uh, one of my clients, she was supposed to, or she was a physical therapist. So she had her own practice, her own office and she COVID hit. So literally her, her business got shut down because, mm. you know, there's people couldn't come in for physical therapy. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't part of the medical piece that was, you know, essential because of what she did. Uh, she, but she had, while she was doing the physical therapy thing, she was also, she's really into writing and, and doing books and had really been figuring out, had published some of her own books and it built this really cool network of other healers that she was working with to help them learn how to scale their own practices. And when COVID hit, we really did this huge pivot where she was helping them utilize books, collaborative book projects to grow their authority and grow their business and their audiences and generate revenue so they could continue, you know, doing the healing and, and the, the, a medical thing that they love doing. So we actually used automation and we automated the entire book publishing process for her. We went in and looked at, all right, so here's how a prospective author applies to be in a book. Here's how we track them through the, the process. Here's how you see where everyone is at, at what point have they sent in their edits? Have they done their headshot? And we automated the whole thing for her so she can manage it. And she's gone from doing one a month to now she has three book projects a month. Oh wow! And she's and she's hired on a uh, project manager to help manage them, mm-hmm. and she is booked out for the entirety of 2022. She is anyone who wants to do a book with her now has to wait to release it until 2023. So you know, and it's been huge. She's she went from not having a business and trying to do some coaching because of COVID to having you know 
over way over six figures in revenue uh, from a completely different product. Mm. So, and it, it's because of the automation that she is able to actually manage multiple things at once and have her own coaching going where she's working with uh, healers and helping them do the business development piece, but then also doing the book part and helping people get their words out and, and start changing lives with their stories. So that was really cool. That's very cool. Uh, wow. Congratulations on that. Did you mention another one you had in mind or? Yeah. The other one is my business partner. Uh, we didn't start out as business partners. So we actually found each other in a veterans, uh, Facebook group. Mm. He was, he was pissed off at, uh, MailChimp and had posted <laughs> in there asking for help about how do I do this? And this is, uh, I'm so frustrated. Uh, and he's a, he's a former Marine. So the, you know, you can imagine the personality, but he did a, um, he did the post and everyone was like sharks to, you know, sharks to bloody water. Everyone's like, Oh, contact me, uh, send me a message. We can set up a time to meet and blah, blah, blah. And you can tell they're all going to pitch. Oh yeah. And I went in, I went into how I normally do in Facebook groups and I dropped a, a knowledge bomb, you know, like five paragraphs worth of stuff in the comments. Like, all right, not a MailChimp guy, but here's what you need to look at, blah, 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 and give him a ton of stuff. And I was the only one who did it. And he reached out and said, hey, can we meet? I'm like, sure. So we jumped in. I, I told him a bunch more stuff. Uh, this was before I was really heavy into the coaches and consultants piece. And he came on board. Uh, like two months later, he's like, all right, I tried everything you told me. I still hate it. I can't do this. I need to hire you as my email guy. I'm like, awesome. Cool. So we started doing email stuff for him. And the first thing we did was automate, do automations for his Facebook group. So when someone joined his Facebook group, they got, went through a welcome series mm. of, hey, go post your info. Tell us about yourself. Go do this thing. Go do that. Uh, and it drove up engagement on his group. And then we started targeting, all right, so how do we you know, fill your coaching programs? How do we fill your mastermind groups? And then... In March of 2020, at four in the morning, he messaged me and said, hey, we should launch virtual networking groups. What do you think? And I didn't answer him because like any normal person, I was sleeping at four in the morning. <laughs> so at six o'clock, I wake up to another message from him. It's like, you never answered me. So obviously, it's a bad idea. I'm like, no, I haven't had coffee yet. I am not ready for you. And... And a week later, we launched the first success champion networking chapter in Fort Worth. Mm. And it's all virtual. And since then, we now have 50 chapters all over the United States. We have our first chapter getting ready to be launched in Canada. Mm. We have people in the UK and Ireland. They're like, hey, can you know, how do we bring this across the pond? So, you know, and we launched it because we saw we were at the point of we were launching this summit event. We wanted to do this business development conference in Fort Worth in April of 20. Well, in March, everything shut down and we're like, Oh my God. And we, and he was talking to the uh, hotel that was hosting the event. They're like, and he asked him, what, what are you guys going to do with this? With, with COVID and everything. They're like, we have no idea. Mm. We have no idea what's going to happen to us. So it really came out of this. We need to do something that can help businesses survive when they're all stuck at home. 
And but we knew there was things about the the traditional business to business networking organizations that we absolutely hated that we wanted to fix. We didn't want it just to be about getting referrals. We wanted it to be about, hey, get yourself around people who can actually help you scale your business, who are at different points of development, who can teach you. And really, it's become the groups have become this huge mastermind for all the members. Yes, there's still the referrals there's still, you know, that type of networking. But the focus of the meetings is, is engagement mm-hmm. and it's getting people to actually talk and share, Hey, here's what we're doing for social media. Here's how we're doing using VAs. And they're all sharing best practices around different topics each week. And with the focus of, Hey, how do we grow? How do we make all of us stronger and bigger so we can, you know, live the lives that we have in our dreams and have the companies of our dreams? Wow. That is awesome. Uh, so talk about the, I I guess these, these meetings, uh, these chapters are, is it, what kind of businesses are they? Are they basically services businesses or, or how do I know I'm a good fit? It is, it is a mix. So it really depends on the chapter and, uh, we're in the process of launching two chapters here in the twin cities right now. Uh, but when you visit a chapter, they all have their own personality. Uh, but then some of them, you know, like um, the one in Maryland is really focused on everyone in there is a service provider and they're all really uh, in that health and wellness field. And they're all focused around, you know, that type of services. Uh, we have another chapter in Cincinnati that is B2B based. Mm. We have uh, we had one in Phoenix that was all focused on manufacturing. They only worked with companies that were doing 25 million and above. So it, it really depends. And there is there is a chapter for everyone, mm-hmm. you know, for what they're looking for. And if there isn't one in your area, we will help you start one and help you figure out, hey, here's how I here's how I build my network and build my group. Uh, the only rule we have about uh, professions is there's no MLMs. Got it. So you you have to be an actual business. You have to have a product and service that doesn't entail uh, having someone in your downline. Got it. So if if I'm let's say I'm in in the health health uh, and wellness area, is it better for me to be in contact with you and find a chapter that's oriented to that, regardless of geography, or? should I be pointed toward the, the chapter that's in my local area? I would, I would start with the chapter in your local area. Okay. And the reason is we're, while the meetings themselves are virtual, all of our chapters do in-person events. Mm. So they all do social stuff on a monthly, you know, a couple of times a month where they get together, they bring their spouses with them and everyone interacts and they, they get that type of activity as well. Not just the virtual B2B um, networking. So you really want to be in your local geography. We, we, we looked at uh, doing some nationwide chapters where anyone could join, Mm -hmm. but we decided against it because there's only a few types of businesses that can really benefit from that type of chapter Uh, because, you know, marketing people, sure, we can totally sell nationwide. Uh, But a lot of your tech firms, 
especially if you're an MSP or you're a smaller MSP or a smaller cybersecurity company, you really want to be local because if there's an incident, it's you can't just, you know, hop on the plane and fly. Right. It's going to take time to get there. So we decided just to really focus on local markets so that those local businesses could have a place where they could flourish and get that support on, on how they grow their business. One of the cool things we do is every Thursday we have a program called becoming a champion and it's a free training hour long. Um, uh, Donnie, my business partner does it. Sometimes I do it. Sometimes we bring in other people from the network, uh, but it's all the topics are all about how you grow and scale a business. So rarely do we talk about how you network. We'll talk about, Hey, how do you, how do you get closure in a sales call? How do you fill your pipeline? How we teach cold calling, you know, what networking organization teaches a business how to cold call, uh, but we do because, you know, networking can't be your only source of, of prospects for your pipeline. You have to have a well-rounded business development plan. You have to be doing your reach outs, whether it's through LinkedIn or, or on the phone, you have to be networking. We want you in as many other networking organizations as possible. We don't have the rule that says you can only be in network be in our chapter and only network with us. No, we want you out meeting people Mm. because if you're not meeting people and you're not having, bringing new people into your, your world, you're not going to have anyone to refer. So we, we want well-rounded business people and we teach them how to be that and how to grow their business. Wow. That's uh, great work. Success champion networking is the website folks. Success champion networking.com. Uh, so for those that would like, uh, are interested in the networking in, in these networking groups and, and folks, you can find what groups are active right there on the website. Uh, what's involved. I mean, how, how do folks get plugged in? Uh, what does membership look like? Talk about that as well, Kevin. Uh, so the first step is visit a chapter, mm-hmm. uh, and check them out. And if there's not one in your area, uh, there's a, uh, email address on the website member success at success com. You can email us and say, Hey, I want to visit a chapter, but you don't have any by me. And we'll, we'll introduce you to, uh, to some chapters you can go check out. And so you can see what it is. Uh, membership is only $47 a month. Wow. Yeah. This is not meant to be a get rich quick thing for us. This mm-hmm. is something because we wanted it accessible to the businesses that needed it. And we don't add on, you know, a lot of the organizations, oh, we're having this training. It'll be $25 and you got to come to this training. It's another $25. Oh, and then you have facility fees and all this other stuff. No, 47 bucks. The only thing you're ever going to pay extra for with us is if you come to our summit in September down in Fort Worth, uh, you just ticket, airfare, hotel, that that's all on you. But then you get to hang out with all the other success champions from across the country in one big event. It's a pretty, pretty fun party. So, um, but yeah, visit a chapter $47 a month. If there's not one in your area and you like it, uh, we'll help you start one and we'll get you, we'll get you your own success champions chapter. There you go, folks. Uh, um, Kevin, you're just not doing enough. I, I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, you've got two great things going here with <laughs> time on target, success champion networking. Uh, congratulations on all the great work you're doing serving serving folks out there. 
Thank you. It, it's a lot of fun. The, the Success Champions wasn't a planned thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just really kind of popped up because of necessity, but I'm really glad it did. And it's uh, given me a lot of really cool opportunities. So that's terrific. Well, for, let's get to the most important question because I can't imagine there aren't some folks that want don't want to be in touch uh, on either side of what you're working on there. So uh, let's give uh, coordinates. So uh, before I tell them how they can uh, get in my world and, mm-hmm. and start uh, getting some cool stuff from me, I, I would love to ask your listeners for a favor. Yeah. And, and that favor is if, if you got any value out of this episode of this podcast, you know, please share it with one person, just find one person that you think that they could learn something from this episode or any other of, of John's episodes and teach them how to listen to the show. That is the coolest thing you can do for any podcaster is bring them another listener. So if you loved what you heard today, please share it with a friend and uh, find a new listener for John and the Twin City Business Radio. Uh, And then for those of you that want to get in contact with me, uh, it's really simple. Text the word sell smarter to 612-429-4298. And I will send you a list of questions you can use to map out your client's buying process and a guide to what content is used for each step as a sales process. And then you'll be in my world and you'll get some additional stuff from me and they'll be able to reach directly out to me from there and say, hey, Kevin, we need to meet and I'd love to talk to you. Great stuff here, folks, from uh, Kevin Snow, uh, both time on tar- founder of Time on Target as well as the Success Champion Network or net success champion networking. I'll get that right by the time the show's over, Kevin. So anyway, uh, folks, we'll have links all in, in the show notes as well. So, um, um, check that out and check Kevin out. Great work, Kevin. Thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, John. I really enjoyed my time. It was a lot of fun talking with you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Hey, uh, folks, just a quick reminder. I don't know that I need to say it. I mean, normally I say what Kevin just said earlier is if you found something of value here in this show, share it. This is not about me or Business Radio X. It's about our great guests that do great work in in, uh, serving the markets that they serve, serving the people that they serve. And that's what we're all about at Business Radio X is celebrating that work. Because where else do you hear folks that are doing great work other than uh, Business Radio X and this uh, free earned media that people get to talk about what they do? So if you could share the show, we greatly appreciate it. So for my guest, Kevin Snow, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio. 